0: Donut dunkers it's Pete Donaldson and Luke Mo on the Luke and Pete show and we're back for another Monday episode a dose if you will the weekend is over and we're back to fill your ears with nonsense non-secretors and badly planned content allow Pete Donaldson to give you a dose mmm yes exactly uh, <laughs> no penicillin can defeat do we still use penicillin surely why can't penicillin come back? Because we keep complaining about um, the antibiotics. But guys, we need an alternative. Is that, is that the penicillin. Is that the umbrella
1: term penicillin? Uh, for what? I think there's different like other types of it, aren't there? Yeah, is amoxicillin. It, I don't. I don't remember the last time I saw some medication at a friend's house or an elderly relative's mm. and saw the words penicillin on the on the. Is it just a
0: cellin, though? Is it just kind of different derivative so. of
1: cellin? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Um, How's your weekend been, Peter?
0: Been good. I've been in Seville, baby. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. I recommend that uh, for a little city break. It was magnificent. The food was fantastic. The buildings were amazing. They had fountains and plazas and uh, oranges growing from every tree. Every tree? Every tree had an orange in it, and I was eating them liberally. Um, I was like, why is nobody eating these oranges? And I found out it's because they're quite bitter. But oh, so still
1: not uneatable. What's the general rule? The general rule is that there's um, enough for everyone. If you just walk around, you can just pick them.
0: I'm certain that's not the case, but uh, I did.
1: Because when when we were in Menorca, I took a couple of lemons from the lemon tree in the garden mm. and brought did them you make home. Lemon marmalade. Did you make lemon curd? No, Mimi made an amazing, um, yeah, like a lemon bread right okay. with those lemons oh. no, but I didn't know if I was allowed to take them or not but I didn't take them off at the airport or anything <laughs> I, yeah you, they're
0: quite careful about importing hmm. veg aren't they just in case it, hey, it disrupts you, the, well it disrupts the uh, disrupts the fine um, ecosystem you, at, at JFK airport there's a a woman whose job it is to just grind up food what a job what oh, a I job I was watching an airport show in um, Seville and a man had these kind of like free they weren't even, weren't even frozen um, they were just marinating chicken. He Un- wasn't even in a fridge or anything. It was just a man importing barbecue meats. And he's like, it's for a barbecue. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we have to take this off you, wow. you mad bastard. They're really hot in Australia and New Zealand, aren't they? Yeah, because they, they, they have a very delicate ecosystem. But I would argue, um, uh, that I imagine the fire is sort of seeing off a lot of that. So,
1: And I would argue, you are not an expert in that field.
0: Well, who is? Not me. Certainly not the, the, the heads of state.
1: <laughs> no oh, now you're getting we'll into have to deal political satire again. Yeah. what was the indie bar like in Seville uh, fun club was it it good? was
0: no it was just a bar really it was nice though where it was, was just... it on
1: the snob scale
0: It's not, not as good as snob not spacious. Um, There spacious I mean it wasn't really an indie bar it was just, it was just a, a, a bar where it played sort of alright music The Killers The Man uh, was played every night which I'm not sure you're familiar with but um, well, you went to the same bar every night no, but you asked what the Ind- uh, the Indiest bar was oh, okay. a Fine. was a bar uh, that, that had on the walls pictures of <laughs> it was a picture of Nirvana and they were like dressed in suits mm. and they looked like they were in some kind of like a like a funeral or a wake and I was like I've never seen that picture of Kurt Cobain and then I realized there was a picture of um Little Richard uh, in one of the plazas in Portugal and I realised that it was just photoshops of like famous musicians oh. in, not Portugal in, in Seville rather yeah. uh, and, they, and they'd just done them but themselves but
1: there is a famous picture of Nirvana dressed in black shirt and tie right? Suit and okay, tie. okay, so maybe something so to maybe do with that, that perhaps so
0: yeah no it was really good a I, lovely
1: time has had it was so good who it did you fly with? So British Airways and what was their safety demonstration
0: like I wasn't I was watching that um, NFL uh, Netflix uh, documentary about Aaron 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 Hernandez I'm two
1: episodes into that yeah what a
0: story story, why have we never why
1: have I never heard of this story it's insane it's like it's like like Joey Barton having
0: like a sideline in Moida
1: you know when I tell stories in the office and after a couple of minutes everyone just switches off but I carry on I think I might have told that before but people just weren't listening (laughs) which is fine it's
0: absolutely fair enough but I think that's probably what a story It's, it's amazing um, the World's Fair in 1992 in Seville, by the way.
1: Oh, did they have that? Is it they still had with the um s- the s- the scene. There? They
0: had a World's Fair um showcasing the very best that Seville had to offer in 1992, and I kept seeing these stickers and like um, promotional like radios and stuff in, in the in the vintage shops. Seville 92, Seville 92, Seville 92. Um, they offered Chicago uh, as a possible kind of um uh, sister yeah. thing, but it was, it was all celebrating the 500th uh, anniversary of Christopher Columbus leaving Seville and uh and and obviously discovering the americas but uh they um yeah and, and they had this big world fair this big showcase um, and ever since 1992, it's been left to go to shit, and it is wonderful. I love nature taking over uh, these these big kind of like yeah. uh, these big kind of like displays. They've got these big like worlds and, and 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 constructions, and then there's like a space rocket that's just gone to shit. It's brilliant. There's a lot of and abandoned. In.
1: There's a lot of abandoned Olympic sites, aren't there? As yes. Well,
0: kind of I love walking. I'd I'd love to walk around. Could you walk, walk around places. the one in Seville? No, there was a man shame. who stopped us. Oh, really? <laughs> we tried to get in, but a man stopped us. For but it was. Uh, but I love anything like that. I love that kind of like abandon. I think that's why a lot of music videos. A lot of people are obsessed with like um, the area around. Um, it's a Pripyat near Chernobyl. The um, the big yeah. the famous fairground. Um. Yeah. Stunning. Stunning. Um, stunning sight.
1: There's a great book. I think I've talked about it before. Eric Larson, Devil in the White City, mm. about a serial killer who was operating at the same time as the World's Fair in Chicago in the, right. in the late 19th century. Did, in my mind, the European ones, they used to call them Expos. Yes. Is it called an Expo? Yeah, yeah, Is that yeah, the same yeah. thing, though? It's just a different yeah, name I think for so, it.
0: Yeah, it's just a different like World Fair thing, yeah. Okay, interesting. Because we had, uh, I, I think we talked about this on the show before, we had the Garden Festival in the North and Gateshead, uh, that was a big deal when I was a kid. We had the Garden Festival. Garden after. Then Festival. I think we went to Liverpool and also went to... Place in North Wales as well. So, um, yeah. Was the Gateshead Garden Festival better than the
1: Seville Expo, do you think?
0: Hard to say, but it was certainly that they'd, they'd sort of taken all the kind of like? Did they
1: have to do the same approach to um, air conditioning because of the hot weather?
0: <laughs> very, very doubtful. Yeah. I remember having a great day out at the Garden Festival. It was a beautiful uh, celebration of all things northeast and gardeny. Is that the one where you sat on the elephant? No, that was just a dirty old circus.
1: Dirty, dirty old, old circus. Dirty well, old circus. Listen, Pete, while you are away, mm-hmm. an amazing uh, news. Um, we've got a new by the way we've got a new mic president president. going on here today and I can't hear if I'm on the mic or not so if I go off the mic to those listening I apologise well, you
0: should be able to hear with you're on the mic I can hear if I'm on the, I'm not on the mic now uh, now I'm on the mic
1: yeah your, your mic skills are better than mine <clears throat> and while you're away Peter there was a big story in the snooker right which of course um, it was the world masters um, snooker which is a big event I think it's considered one of the, the big three events along with the UK Open and the world championships mm. and um, in the I believe it was the semi-final uh, between Stuart Bingham and someone else, there was an issue with a um, a crowd member, an mm. audience member, yeah. who had brought a whoopee cushion in.
0: Had he brought a whoopee cushion? And it will have been a he. Yeah.
1: First of all, 100% a he. <laughs> Second of all, listen and make up your own mind. Mm. Here we go. There's to be a problem at the minute in the auditorium. Now, if they spot him, you have to go... I think it might be someone with a whoopee cushion. Can you
0: believe it? (laughs) That's all we need. But if they find him, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, Yeah, someone's planted it somewhere. (laughs) Just go and set (laughs) your break. So, to put it in perspective though, the... the Commentators. I never want to hang out with those commentators.
1: They're not enjoying it. Miserable. The players are gutted. The players are fuming. But the crowd are absolutely loving it. Yeah, for us they are. So Eurosport, and this is this is one of the most important stories of the year so far. So I make no apology for doing a deep dive on this. That was the BBC's coverage. Right. Euros, Eurosport have gone for the fart machine angle. They don't think it's a whoopee cushion because it's not a They it's think it's a fart, a machine. fart machine that what? you can be set that can be set off remotely. Let me know what you make of this. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> That's a good one. So that someone tried to derail the masters, which, I, which, by the way, as you know, I'm a big snooker fan. I'm going to go to the Worlds <laughs> again this year. I don't endorse it, but I understand. I'm not po faced enough to to, mm, to, to say that it's not funny.
0: It's good. It's good. it was a great gag because it's so tense and quiet, and it's. <laughs> It's
1: really hard to figure out who it is. And he's not doing it when the guy's playing his shot. He's doing it afterwards. Yeah. Which has to, I think he's kind of making a you know, concession he's... to the fact that he does love snooker, but yeah. he wants to have a laugh as well. Because <laughs> if you did it just so the guy pulled the cue back, that would be poor form, right? It would be very hard to
0: figure out who it was because obviously it's, it'll be a an RF, remotely controlled unit, I imagine. I imagine it's not lying aside because that would be too obvious. Talk to me about the tech. How would it work? Bluetooth? Uh, no, be, I don't think it will be Bluetooth. It's, it, it's way too puerile to put Bluetooth technology in there.
1: RF, so you just mean like a remote control car?
0: Yeah, so it would be, so be like a radio-controlled fart machine. So the fart machine will be hidden somewhere. I mean, it's worrying that you can hide anything in, a, in, in such a public event. Uh, and, and, and you can do it from the confines of your pocket. So you just need to see everyone's hands, what they're up to.
1: I've seen people. Everyone put their hands up. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people removed from the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield for the World Snooker. Yeah, um, purely for crisp reasons. Yeah, bag of crisp reasons. They are zero tolerance, like you wouldn't believe. People
0: in them. who cannot handle uh, a, a crisp packet. I'm quite good at quietly doing stuff. I was in the Airbnb all the weekend, and people, and people, and people. Uh, all of my friends just walked down the stairs like this. Yeah. I'm like a ninja, even with my heaviest, loudest,
1: clob, cloggiest shoes. I've got a theory about that. What? So I, arrogance. Have this con- I have this conversa- Arrogance, people who slam doors, arrogance. I have, this com- I have this conversation with my wife fairly regularly. And I, I think that even almost sometimes subconsciously, when you live in London in a flat, you learn to walk on the balls of your feet quietly. Mm. But if you've never had a history of living in that kind of environment, you don't. So, so I think Mimi stomps around. Right. Um, she's tiny. And we've got, I know, but we've got people living below us. Right. So I say, oh, look, you know, you need to bear it in mind. Because sometimes mm. we're on a WhatsApp group with the downstairs neighbors. We're quite good friends with them. But they will say, oh, look, you know, the baby's asleep, you know, kind of thing. Mm. And I say, it's you. People say it's me, but it's not. It's definitely you because I've lived in the flat for so long. I know that you can't <laughs> stomp around like that. She's from like a townhouse. If she's used to be in America where everyone's got space and there's yeah. not, not anyone around for another 50 meters. <laughs> so I think it's probably something to do with that. So do your friends not have a history of living in flats?
0: Mm, yeah, I guess they have got their own. No, i got their own houses. One lives in a high rise that's all cement. So maybe there you go. Maybe maybe they're just twats.
1: Maybe. Just How twats. was the Airbnb discipline this time around?
0: It was good. Uh, I I uh, smashed a glass and put washing uh, liquid in the uh, washing uh, in the dishwasher, uh, which created many suds. Pro- was- a problematic amount of suds. Well, did they you get a fine for that? They didn't live well if I hadn't sorted it out and neutralised the ridiculous amount of suds that was piling out of the dishwasher uh, with some um, window-washing fluid, which obviously is What's a that little, how you do it? Well, it seemed a little vinegar. It, it smelled a bit vinegary, so that's going to calm down the alkali in it. So chuck that in, calmed it down. Lovely old job. Little science experiment. But I did, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd made a real mess. <laughs> so could... Anyone with a dishwasher will say, never do that. But I've... I've not had a dishwasher for ages.
1: I can remember when I was travelling with my friends and... Um... A few of them, their feet feet started to stink after a while. And we complained about it, so they um because obviously because they've been wearing trainers with no socks, right? So they said, "Oh look, we'll clean our trainers," and they didn't want to push them through the washing machine because I think it can muck up around with the yep. stitching. So they got some washing up liquid mm. and cleaned them, and it was right. fine. And it was it worked. And then like about a week later. It starts we getting foamy. And we start it started to rain. <laughs> and they all foamed up like it. Was, it was mad. It looked like they had some <laughs> kind of massive feet condition. So it can happen.
0: Can happen, it baby. Can
1: happen. All right, Peter, should we have a little break? And when we come back from the break, I think for the first time ever, we're gonna start marking some of your homework. Mm. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? With the right equipment, you can make your own sausage at home. I'm too scared, I told you. You ever made your own sausage? Too scared to. What do you mean? I, just, I told you, we talked about this before. I can't, right. I'm worried about the getting into the sleeve, into the sheath. Um, fun we, fun love making. Uh, hello <laughs> hello at LukeandPeteShow.com is the email address for your generic emails and, of course, your homework. Now, on Thursday, we set you the task of spending the weekend, or at least a portion of the weekend, heading up into the attic and telling us the most uh, interesting thing you could find. So, without further ado, uh, I am going to start with Rory, who said, Hi guys, I recently moved into my loft. You'll like this one, Pete. (laughs) However, when I look into my mum's loft, um, so what he's basically saying is, he can't look into his attic because he's converted his attic into a place he now lives. Um, Could it, can we rule out the possibility of a second attic above it, the attic? He's got, I think we can rule that out. Right. I think He'd probably know about that, wouldn't he? He would. Uh, he's looked into his mum's attic instead and said, because I visited, visited her this weekend, and I found something that might twig Mr. Donaldson's interest. Oh. I found one of the very first laptops, a Sinclair ZX88. What? That can basically be described as a keyboard with calculator screen that runs along the top of the keys. When I continued to look, however, I could not find a power lead. I asked my mum about the lead. She informed me that my late dad had lost it, and I just kept hold of it in the hope they could either sell it or find the lead. This has cemented my opinion that my mother is a Class A hoarder. Love Gosh, the show. Steady. Rory. <laughs> my mother is a Class A hoarder. <laughs> Love the show, Rory. Pete, um, any thoughts on the ZX eighty-eight Sinclair? Is it a Spectrum, early (sighs) Spectrum?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I don't think it is a Sinclair uh, ZX eighty-eight. I think it might be talking about a Cambridge Z eighty-eight, which is a uh, it's it's a similar um, Z eighty-based computer uh, with a tiny calculator screen. I don't think Sinclair were involved. I might be uh, wrong. It kind of I think it evolved from. Uh, Sir Clive Sinclair's uh, system, um, but uh, yeah, right. that's, that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm basing my very limited knowledge about that. That kind of. sphere I was an Amstrad man, so there were very few crossovers there. But the Z8, obviously, a very, very popular processor. When at you the time.
1: Um, and when you sit at homework on Conthurs- uh, for Thursday show across mm-hmm. the weekend, you, you'll be able to take down your own avenue this week, but. When I did it, I didn't think of how much this would be up your street. Right. Uh, what basically is happening is people are finding old tech and cables up in their attic because Wasim has been in touch. And another one that will pique your interest, Peter, mm. he says, Hi, chaps. Went rummaging through my attic. Not much in there apart from the usual boxes of VHS tapes, spare mattresses, and old suitcases. But I did, however, come across a box of cables with one in particular that Pete may enjoy. It's a USB 2.0 on one end and a 3.5mm audio jack on the other. Can't for the life of me figure out what it would be for. Maybe you can shed some light on it, Pete. Mm, I've taken a look. Okay. I See, think, attached the photo very really yeah, helpfully. Yeah.
0: I think it is for a digital camera. Oh. To provide some kind of video out that could possibly end up at a, at a thing, at a laptop or something, or it could just be a charging cable. You can, you can send power down anything these days. <laughs> Well, well, it's is it very old. A three and a half jack, mini jack. It's got a mini jack, right? You mm. could send power down that, could you? You can send anything down, anything, yeah, correct. You can send video down. You can send video down Ethernet, mate. That's how wild that is. Huh.
1: So uh, yeah, could be. Hopefully, hopefully, that solves your problem, Wazim. Mm. Um, this is a very good one from um, from Tom from Manchester, who mm. says. Uh, uh, the attic in my house is my room and thus is full of loads of tat. <laughs> but last year I went to the weird and wonderful festival Boomtown Fair. What's the Boomtown um, Fair? I don't know. I didn't look it up, but Ooh. it sounds... Apparently it's, um, it, it seems very weird. Um, and he says, It wasn't until I was back home unpacking my bag that I found an odd weathered letter titled Yoga Instructor. <laughs> and the letter reads, Dear friend, I can see you reading these words. I know you. Do you know me? I doubt it. If oh. you know me, you would be running... I am watching you right now, this is no laughing matter. I need you to do something for me. If you do this, you will escape unharmed. Kneel down, get on your knees, shout at the sky these words. Oh, beloved turnip, I love you like the flowers love the sun. Come back to me, old turnip, I love turnips. There, that wasn't hard, was it? You are safe for now. I am always watching, Mr. Turnip.
0: Yeah, I've, I've looked at the um, festival lineup up and... Um... It's, uh, it's that kind of letter probably would be found more often
1: than not at that it's kind of thing. wacky cunts, is it? Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit steampunk for me, Stephen. I, I, for those listening, they should understand that whenever I see anything to do with either Only Fools and Horses or steampunk, mm. I always take a photo or if I can take a copy of it, do that and always share it with Peter. <laughs> Don't I? Yeah, you
0: should send it to Tom in Manchester. It sounds like right up the street. Tom, are you a
1: steampunk? Are be you a honest. You're a steampunk
0: man. How many cogs you got in your life? Be- is your hall, is the entrance to your um, attic bedroom, um, got a lot of cogs in it? The hinges are just cogs. Be honest, do a cog check. Is it a and big let cog? Us know. <laughs> <laughs> is your house coggy? Coggy, uh, Pete, did
1: Pete, I'm I'm in charge of the homework this week, of course, so I'm happy to like continue. It. But did you do any, um, did you do any um, any homework in yourself? Because I can I can read something here from um, Matt in Edinburgh.
0: Well, I don't have a loft, so I can't really. As I said, I'd have to break into the. Um,
1: flat above me I found don't do that not again <laughs> I, I found a amazing um, wrapped in newspaper Yeah, huge print of um, what I believe they call the green man what's man what do you mean it's, the like the a, it's like a spirit like a nature spirit right that's found um, all sorts of architecture it looks, it looks like that oh yeah I've seen one of them before I found a big for some reason, a massive print of that wrapped a newspaper in my attic, presumably from the people who lived there before me. <laughs> why? Why wouldn't you?
0: Why would they leave that behind? Don't know. Big picture Don't of know. a
1: green face. Um, Here's a
0: bit of uh, homework from um, that's sent just six hours ago. So you probably you've missed. Hot off it. the press. Good ish morning. Firstly, I love the podcast. I will admit it was a slow burner for me. All right. Big. <laughs> <laughs> I live full-time in Asia, uh, being purposely vague here. It's w- it's weirdly uh, a little slice of home. There you look at Pete Shoss, there you go. Uh, Finds in loft. I was planning a very 40-year-old man activity this past weekend, uh, namely clearing the loft as the wife and kids were away. Uh, your request for fines last week inspired me to actually do it. One aim is to bring uh, down some old clothes and suitcases to take to the charity shop. Rock and roll lifestyle I'm currently living. Once all of this was down, I sifted through all of the pockets and compartments of random items in preparation for cleaning them. This is what I found. They were what can only be described as three disco biscuits from a little while ago. Mm. Initially, I was very relieved that this was not going to be sent to the old days at Scope and put them into the bin. Then I got bored with a clear Saturday until Sunday evening ahead of me. I thought, stuff it, I'm going to take one and then another. And then a bit later, the last one. <laughs> I think I watched some football on a Saturday. I certainly played a lot of mid-late uh, mid uh, mid, uh, uh, 90s uh, dance music that evening, according to my Spotify account. Sunday was awful. Uh, McDonald's breakfast, two pizzas at lunchtime, one save for my tea. A lot of time on the sofa. A low day. Anyway, what I found in my loft was feelings of self-doubt, some existential uh, crisis, and a bit of loathing. Thank you. I blame you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's so, the thing about the attics. You go up there and you think you're just going to find some old bits of tat. and all, all of You might find you some find, drugs. You find an existential crisis. Mm. Can happen. Why don't you have a little drug box?
0: Anonymous men? Yeah, you should be A woman. Could be
1: a woman. It's, it's a man. Could be a woman. Um, I remember someone I know who I also won't name. Hmm. Um, stealing the box that they put the confiscated drugs in at a nightclub once and just yep. leaving with it. <laughs> right. Okay. And it was like a little round suitcase. Yeah. You know, it like was old fashioned, uh, like a hat box. Yeah, like a hat box mm. full of different drugs. But it was every type of drugs. It was like a contrac- contraceptive pill, paracetamol. Oh, that's not interesting. Disco biscuits, <laughs> weed, all sorts in this box. Nice. And my friend stole it. Uh, they did... didn't even know. They were, They didn't even know. What they were doing is they were they were searching people. Mm. If they found the drugs, they were obviously sans person. You couldn't come in. And, they were, and, and, they were, taking the, and take they, the drugs. And put them in the box. I guess right. they had to keep them for the police or something. Right. But obviously, that didn't happen very often. It was no. probably one in every 50 people. Mm. So they wouldn't go into the box very often. And the box was just sat there. So my friend just took it. it. Like, yeah. Fair dues. No one's using it. Ask me what he did with it next. <sighs> he fed it all to a horse. <laughs> he fed it all to a horse. <laughs> right, yeah. Cool. No, he handed them all out on the night bus. He handed them all out on the
0: night bus. <laughs> Correct. That. Look, drugs are moody grey market grey area business yeah if you're taking drugs that a man gave to you from a suitcase a little hat box in a on a night bus yeah you've only got yourself to blame yeah alright and I don't care what the Daily Mail says <laughs> about it stop stop ruining the fun for everyone else because you're going to hurt yourself if you're eating drugs from a, a night bus eating them Eating, them. <laughs> eating the drugs from the night bus man yeah
1: I'm just saying I'm just talk- I'm just. look all I am is a get, vehicle for the story you, Nothing get to do the bu- me. you get on the
0: bus with your day server and you come smoke off
1: smoke a reefer in the corner you smoke
0: some reefer in the corner that yeah. a man's given you on the night bus yeah disgusting are
1: people normally discerning with who they buy drugs from
0: no but I mean yeah but he's just handing them out he's a man handing out drugs yeah like a mad Oh, that's but on CCTV first
1: one's free isn't it? that's how they get you <laughs> that's how they get you uh, let's have a look at a couple of um, regular emails but thank you very much for everyone who contributed with, um, that. with uh, their homework mm. um, obviously Pete will be setting more homework for you on Thursday and who knows what he's going to set could be anything he's quite an imaginative chap mm. but if I've uh, no, Pete, well, you, pr- you probably won't plan it in advance. you probably just come up with it. See how I go. See how he goes. Um, all right, what about this from Matt Littlestone, who says, Hi, guys. In the last episode during the discussion on the mousetrap, of course, yeah, I guess the Agatha Christie story, Um, uh, now a play in the West End. Luke was under the impression that the mousetrap rotated its ending in order to keep the audience unaware of who the murderer might be Mm. and thus increase the show's longevity. I didn't, I wasn't under the impression of that. I just inquired as as if that was the case. I I didn't know because I've only seen it once. Um, But uh, Matt says, as far as I'm aware, this is incorrect. But I have a suspicion that Luke may be thinking of the mystery of Edwin Drood, the musical based on the unfinished work of Charles Dickens. This show, which had a West End run in 1987, allowed the audience to choose the ending, and in particular, the murderer of Edwin Drood. I have a vague memory of going to see the show myself. I don't think it was very good as it didn't last long. Unlike the mousetrap, which I have not yet seen. Peace and love, Matt Littleston. So there we go. Um, it's not a uh, a rotating who done it. And also on that um, note, uh, from Christoph, Christoph has emailed him and he says, "Hi guys, uh, long time listener using um, off brand Jaden Tag batteries. Jaden Tag <laughs> I haven't heard of them before." <laughs> on the topic of fictional works with different endings that Luke brought up in the recent Knives Out discussion, I'm afraid to say that's not a novel idea. Ayn Rand, yes, I know, already did it in a 1934 play, Night of January the Sixteenth allowing the audience to act as the jury and determining the defendant as guilty or innocent. And a more recent example of a similar approach is 2016's movie The Verdict, based on a play that deals with the ethics of preventing a potential terrorist attack by shooting down a captured uh, plane. If you haven't seen it, go and seek it out. It's exceptional. My personal favourite, though, has to be 1985's Clue, as it sits firmly on the throne at the intersection of camp, board game-based movie, a movie with with several different endings. It's great fun. Greetings from a German train. Keep up the good work and all the best, Christoph. Fun. I hope Christoph's Jaden tag <clears throat> batteries get him to, got him through that train journey all right. Um, awesome. Speaking of um, um, knives out, I actually went to see another film the weekend. Just going, I went to go see nineteen seventeen. Okay. Yes. Good. I I thought it was bloody good.
0: Apparently, uh, they had a real problem with filming because the um, the. Vicar from um, Fleabag uh, could not light a. um oh, could, Andrew! Could not. He used to, he, Andrew Scott he, is it? Andrew Scott. He'd fuck up the light a bit every time. At some point during the thing, obviously it's all you know big chunks of filming. He's got a
1: brilliant. He's got a brilliant cameo in it. Yeah, really good. Oh, so I see what you mean because of the way they sh- they shoot it. Yeah. Should I explain that for people who don't know? It's basically yeah. made out like it's done all in one shot. Mm. But of course, there's moments when they cross over people and it yeah. and it and it kind of tricks it, mm. but it does give it a really good impression of its. You almost get, you know, I think when you're watching films, when the scenes change, you go from like a chaotic scene to a quiet scene. You kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. Whereas yeah, this yeah. does a really good job of keeping you on edge all the time. Mm. Um. And yeah, Andrew Scott's in the trenches at a certain point, and he's a he's like a um, I don't know what rank he is, but he's a higher rank than the than the other guys, and he's talking about what to do, and he does that. Mm. And he um he's 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 um he's a very kind of I know this is not this is a pretty obvious thing to say, but he's a very kind of watchable person yeah he brings a lot to every role he does
0: when he played um, who's the baddie in Sherlock Moriarty Moriarty. he plays Moriarty didn't he and he was very really camp he's very good he was very good at that he'd be a good Bond villain I think I think some actors yeah he must be in the frame if he's not already being in a Bond film he'll be in the frame definitely but um, yeah I, I think some actors just bring
1: so much presence to a role and you just sort of think star you can't buy that star yeah, and, star. and absolutely star quality 1917 is centered around these two guys mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does is it brings in amazing big name cameos. So Benedict Cumberbatch is in it, Andrew Scott's in it. Yeah, the kid who played Rob Stark in Game of Thrones is in it. Oh, uh, big cameo. <laughs> no, he's a big actor, Richard. Yeah, I can't remember yeah, yeah. his surname, Richard. Someone, um, and um, I thought he did a really good job of getting across the chaos of war. Like, because when, when you, I find too often, I have no experience with the armed forces, but when when I Watch a film about some kind of war or some kind of armed forces. You think it's too obvious, too clean. Mm. Everything seems to be like chain of command. And everything's clean, and I don't imagine war to be like that. Yeah. Whereas this film is very chaotic, which I think <laughs> is, makes it kind of more realistic. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a brilliant movie. Now I'll, dec- I'll definitely recommend it. Very very good. Cool. Five stars. Yeah, ten on ten. Let's make love. <laughs> uh, let's get out of here, Peter. We're back on Thursday, where Pete will be sending. Uh, setting you homework I should say mm. have a lovely week um, do leave us a review and tell everyone about the show because it, it does make a great amount of difference hello at lukeandpete show dot com to get in touch goodbye Peter goodbye everyone
0: The Stakhanov Production.